Hey, I want to talk to you today about walking by faith. Amen. We are called to walk by faith. Uh, but in, just in talking of the topic of faith, such a huge topic. And, uh, and as, I'm, as I'm writing notes, more things are popping into my head. And I'm like, okay, that's, it's, I don't want another, you know, 20-point sermon, so I'm just giving you a little, a little snippet of faith, because faith is such a big part of uh, the message uh, that comes through in the Bible, such an important part of our lives. Um, but I want to start by reading from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. And this is essentially describing what faith is. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So in this passage of scripture from Hebrews, it's kind of giving a, a, an outline of what is faith. So when we talk about faith, uh, and it's important because I think faith can be uh, used in a way sometimes that isn't actually what faith is about. Uh, so I just want to clarify almost what faith is and then encourage us that we'd be a people that live by faith. But we see here now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That word in the Greek essentially means like a concrete foundation. So faith is the assurance of the things that we are hoping for. So it's the foundation that we build our hope upon. And this is important because faith isn't hope. Faith and hope are different, but faith is the foundation. It's like a solid concrete foundation. It's immovable, but that's what we then build our hope upon. It's the conviction of things that you do not see. So we dream and plan upon the foundation of the assurance that comes from faith. But the reality is that faith is oftentimes not visible. If we, if we could see it happening, if, we were, if it was something that we were to make happen, it requires no faith. So to move this bottle from this side to this side requires no faith from me because everything is in my control. If I was to do that from back here and I want that bottle to move from one side to another, that's gonna take a measure of faith. Now again, I can hope that that would happen, but faith would say, I know that that's going to happen. And that bottle's gonna move across. Imagine if that moved across, how freaky would that be? Some of you would scream and run out the building. Others would be like, tell me how you did that. Um, should have hooked it up to a bit of fishing line. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. It's to freak you out. So again, hope is the expectation of something. So hope is important. It's, it's important that we have hope in our heart, but faith becomes this building block that we build the things that we hope for upon. And conviction is proof internally of what we do not see. But when we have faith for something, it's like I have an internal assurance, I have an internal knowing that what I am hoping for, God is going to bring about. There have been times in my life where I've just known that God's gonna do something. And it doesn't kind of measure up in the natural, but I just knew on the inside that God was going to do something. But oftentimes it's not what we can see. It's not perceived with our natural senses. So if somebody has the gift of faith for something, 
You might be looking at it and going, that's, it does not make sense in this situation. If we were to add up all of the pieces, it's like, I don't know if that's gonna happen. But you get those people that's like, but I just have faith. They just know that they know that they know that something's gonna come about. That is what faith is. And there are two types of faith in the Bible. There's faith as a foundation for our salvation. So if we talk about saving faith, Romans 10, 17 speaks about this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So we're encouraged to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to share about what Christ has done, who He is and what He desires to do in and for and through people. So we're called to proclaim the good news of Jesus to people. And the Bible says that faith comes from hearing. So there is something of, of an acknowledgement of Christ. It can't just be, well, I'll just sneak past people and get them saved and get them saved and get them saved. Like it is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to somebody, but there is an awareness and an understanding that has come through them actually hearing the good news of Christ. For me to give mental agreement to who Jesus is, is not enough. I need to be saved into and I need to be born again. But to be born again and have no understanding of that, I think the Bible talks that, no, that there's gotta be both things happening in a person's life. So again, there's that quote from St. Francis of Assisi and it says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Now again, I think that's speaking, you know, as, as, a, as kind of an, an alternative where maybe sometimes people do a lot of talking of the good news of Jesus, but not necessarily a lot of living out the good news of Jesus. So they talk about how great Jesus is and all the things that He wants to do in your life and He's, he's done this and He's done that, but their life hasn't necessarily been transformed. So I think there's a place to say, we don't just wanna be speaking out who Jesus is, we wanna be living as if Jesus was living in us. So we have, we're, we're proclaiming the gospel with integrity because it's actually changing our lives and we can do that. But at the same time, I don't agree that you just don't talk about it. Well, I'll just live and be like Jesus wants me to be and never speak about Jesus. That's swinging the pendulum to the other side. It's because the Bible says that for us to give an answer for the hope that we have, to give an account for, for what has gone on inside of us. So for me, there will be different times with people where I'll just be living like Jesus would have me live and looking for those opportunities to tell someone about Jesus. But I want my life to be the thing that draws people to ask questions. We should live a life that causes people to ask questions about why we are the way that we are in the positive. <laughs> Not like, why are you the way that you are? Um, <laughs> That's what a larger house is for. We deal with all the trauma of that's why I'm the way that I am. But I'm, I'm this in all of the good, righteous ways. I'm this way because Jesus has done a transformative work in me and that's coming out in my life. So it's important that we are proclaiming the gospel, but we're also living the gospel. We're being transformed by it. And also we read about this saving faith in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight to 10 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's not the result of your works so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So then we have this idea of this gift of faith. 
When you become a Christian, now again, you might have doubts about certain things. You might, there might be a whole lot of stuff that you don't know about, but there's just like this internal knowing, I can't deny that Jesus is Lord. I can't deny that He is who He says He is. And it might be, I don't always see that playing out fully in my life. Or I might have doubts at different times. Doubting is fine. But when we have faith in God, that saving faith is like, I don't know why, I I just know that Jesus is Lord. Now I might have evidence of what I've seen with my eyes and I can say, well, I I know He's Lord because I've seen Him do miracles. I know He's Lord because I've seen Him provide in, in amazing ways. I know He's Lord because look, I've done some study and I've, I've read the Scriptures or I've gone through history, but there's this deeper knowing of God, of salvation, that is this gift of faith that God gives to us. So that's the saving faith that God gives initially at that point when we are born again. But then we have this faith in Christ in our everyday lives. Because I can have faith that Jesus has saved me, but I don't necessarily have faith that He is leading me and He is gonna fulfill His promises that He has for my life. So that's the walking by faith that we get to live out. In the same way that we might have right standing with God, we are completely righteous because of the finished work of Jesus. And yet there is a walking out of that righteousness, transforming me every day to look more like Jesus. Okay, it's the same thing with faith. So walking by faith is living in alignment with God's promises over us. It's living in alignment with God's purpose for us and is living in alignment with God's presence in us. So it's about His promises that He has spoken over us, that we would live in alignment with those things. That if you've received prophetic words from God and you know there's a sense sometimes where you get a prophetic word and you're like, man, that just feels like I know that's God. Sometimes you might get a prophetic word and go, oh, I'm not too sure about that. But you get those confirmation words. I'm like, I just know that God has spoken that promise over my life. Well, then I have to live in alignment with that. If God says, I'm gonna lead you in this direction, there's no point in me walking off in this direction. Well, I don't know exactly where we're gonna end up, but I know you've told me to go this way, Lord, so I'm just gonna start moving in that direction. That's living in alignment with His promises, living in alignment with His purpose for us. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has desires that He wants you to fulfill and He wants to be fulfilled in you. And it's also living in alignment with His presence in us, with the Holy Spirit. It's the day-to-day being led by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul says in Romans that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's an everyday reality for us, that we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now you might take that to like, how many sugars do you want me to have in my coffee, Holy Spirit? You can go that extreme if you want. Um, He he might be interested in that. He might tell you, or he might just leave it up to you. Uh, But there's something that to to live in alignment with His presence in us is to live in alignment with what He is saying in each moment of every day. So we're called to walk every day by faith. So what is some of the fruit of faith in our lives? Now there is a whole lot of fruit, but there are a couple that I wanna pull out. Faith produces peace. When we know that God has said something and we are standing on that faith, on that concrete foundation, it produces peace in us, even in the midst of a storm in our life. Matthew 8, 23 to 26 says, and when Jesus got into the boat, His disciples followed Him and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea 
so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? It says, O ye of little faith, but ye sounds better. Um, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? So they're in a storm. What's Jesus doing? He's fast asleep. It's not a result of narcolepsy. It's because he's living in perfect peace. So he knows, well, I don't need to worry about what's happening around me because I know this is not my time. I know what the Father has called me to do. And I know it's not the moment where He's gonna take my life in this storm, in this boat. So He can be completely at rest and walking and, and asleep and at peace because He has faith in what the Father is doing and what the Father has said. And Jesus pulls this out, oh, you of little faith. It's their faith that caused them to freak out in the midst of the storm. Their lack of faith in who the Father was and what the Father was doing. But they believe, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And she's like, you're not perishing at all. You're just in a boat, in a storm. You happen to be hanging out with the Lord of all. So you're in good hands. So faith produces peace even in the midst of a storm, even when our external circumstances aren't lining up with the promises of God. We can be at peace and at rest because we know that God is going to do what He has said He's going to do. Amen? Then another, another thing faith does, faith keeps our focus on the Father. It keeps our focus on what He can do and on what He has planned. It builds our trust and reliance upon Him. When we, are, when we have faith, we step into a place of reliance and dependency upon the Father. Because we know, I know you're gonna do this, Lord, so I'm just gonna lean in that. That's where some of our peace comes from is because we're just leaning into the Lord doing stuff. And the reality is the Bible talks about in James that, you know, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my works without faith, something like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the Scripture written down here, but, but essentially it's saying, if you're saying I have faith, well, there should be some fruit that's coming out of that in how you live your life. But it's important that we don't just equate faith and works as in if I have faith, I'll be doing something. Because faith, sometimes faith calls us to do the work of yielding. Sometimes faith calls us to do the work of trusting and not acting, not controlling the outcome. Sometimes you think, well, I've got to have faith. That means I've got to see it happen. So I have to do something to make it happen. When the reality is that's the opposite of faith. Because faith is the knowing. That's the assurance of the unseen. It's the assurance of that which I, I I, I can't see with my natural eyes, but God said He's gonna do it so I can rest into that place. And sometimes it looks like doing nothing. Sometimes the works that are attached to faith look like nothing. And yet it takes a lot. Sometimes the hardest work can be the work of trusting God. Especially when you can alter the outcome. To trust the Lord with your finances when well, I could just pick up an extra day of work or I could just take on this client here, or I could just do this extra thing. Well, I know God's promised me, but um, maybe He wants me to go and do this extra thing and this extra thing and, and do that. There's, there's something where we think that it has to have action applied to it. Now again, sometimes your faith will have action attached to it that looks like movement. It looks like 
selling up and moving house. It looks like changing jobs. That might be the faith move that God has for you. But don't assume that faith looks like some sort of external action. Another thing that faith does is faith pleases the Father. So faith produces peace, faith keeps our focus on the Father and faith actually pleases our heavenly Father. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. God is pleased by our faith. God is pleased by our faith. When God gives us a promise and we stand on that promise and we say, I believe that you're going to fulfill this, God's pleased by that. When we draw in close to Him, as this Scripture says, we have to know that He exists even though you can't see Him. Maybe as you come again into that time of prayer, you come again into that space of worship, you come again to that, to that friend that you know God has said, I'm gonna bring salvation to them. And you come again, you come alongside them, hoping and, and dreaming for their salvation. Whatever it is to know, I'm gonna stand on this promise, Lord. I'm gonna trust you that when I enter in, you're gonna come and you're gonna meet me in that place. God delights in that. It's our trust in Him, even when we can't see Him or see how things might turn out the way that He said that they would. God delights in that. God delights in our faith. Amen? That's a good word. Preach it, brother. Mm. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we are called to walk by faith, to be led by what God has said, what God has promised, what God is doing, not by what we see or what we desire. To walk by faith and to walk by sight isn't to walk blindly. Faith is not blindness. Faith is using a different set of eyes to see where you're going. It's focusing our eyes on Him, on what He has said, on what He has promised. It's not about being blind. It's about saying, I can see something that other people can't see. It's the assurance. And I know that that thing exists, even though I can't see it, you can't see it. But with the gift of faith, the eyes of faith, I see what the Lord has promised and He is going to accomplish that thing. And I'm gonna set the trajectory of my life towards what He has promised for me to do. Faith is not blindness. Faith is not denial. Sometimes the word faith can be used as a, as a kind of a cover for denying reality. Like something bad's happening. It's like, oh, I'm just having, no, I just gotta have faith. This is where some of the, the word of faith movement kind of went astray, got took to, it, to an extreme. Now having, again, standing on faith, declaring the Word of God, declaring the promises of God, declaring healing and salvation and, and provision, all of those things are really, really good. There's lots of good aspects there. But when it gets to the point where you're almost in denial, oh, no, I'm not sick. <coughs> I'm not sick at all. You know, I'm, I'm just, just living faith. I'm just declaring healing. Declare healing over yourself, absolutely. But sometimes you might need to have a rest and go to bed. 
reminds me again, this is probably gonna, you're not gonna get my references. You know that the, uh, the knight from, Holy, is it Holy Grail? The Black Knight? You know? Yeah, Monty Python, anyone? He gets his arm cut off and, ah, oh, it's just a flesh wound. And he's hopping around and yeah. Yeah, sometimes that can be like, like faith people. Like they're denying, no, no, I'm not missing an arm. I'm not missing a leg. It's like, dude, stop. You know, just chill out. Like that's not, that's not faith. That's denial of your reality. You know, that's, you, you've taken it too far. It's not a denial of reality, okay? Faith is not a denial of reality, but it's also not the denial of a greater reality. We don't wanna live in the middle ground to say, oh, well, I just wanna pretend it's not happening. No, it's happening. But also don't wanna live in this place to say, oh, well, I just, I just gotta just, that's how it is then, I guess. That's how it's gonna be. Now, there's a greater reality. And when God says, no, no, you need to have faith for healing. You need to have faith for provision. You need to have faith for breakthrough. If I've given you a promise, that's where you need to stand because there is a greater reality than whatever circumstance that you're facing today. So we don't come and live in the reality of what is happening, but we also need to understand, we don't want to deny that there's this greater reality, this greater promise that God has for us. To walk by faith and not by sight is not to be blind to all things. It's about being blind to the opposite of what God can do. It's about actually turn, I'm not gonna turn my eyes away from, I'm gonna turn my eyes away from the negative and I'm gonna focus on His promises, which are good. Amen? And the reality is, as we are called to be a people that would bring heaven to earth, that would see the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven, to see heaven come to earth, we need to set our eyes and our expectations on what is possible for God to do. Not on what is possible for us to do, not on what, well, what resource do I have? And therefore that determines what I can do. Now there is stewardship, that's important. This is the thing for me, I'm big on, on stewardship. I'm like, if we've got the money to do it, then we know that there's, we can give our yes to something. And I don't assume, oh, we don't have money for it, but we'll just do it anyway. We'll just have faith and just believe that God, no, but if God has told us, do this thing, then I'm like, okay, I have faith that God will do it. This property would be an example. When the opportunity came up for this property here, the first step was it wasn't for sale. <laughs> it's a you know, small barrier to purchasing a property usually. Um, the second thing is we didn't have the money to purchase it. We didn't have anywhere near the money required to purchase it. In fact, we never had the money to purchase it, even when we purchased it. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a barrier. There was probably bigger, uh, more advanced churches doing more things with more people than what we had. That could be a barrier. Um, looking at the property thinking, there's a lot of work to be done. It's another barrier. There was a whole lot of things that would have, in the natural, if we would have looked at it and gone, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit beyond what we can do or what we can afford or what we can manage. But I knew from the beginning God gave me a gift of faith that this was gonna be ours. Now, I'm a, quite a realistic person. Um, you know, I, I live in the realm of reality, okay? Um, at that time as well, like I was kind of, I oversaw all our finances, stuff, so I knew that side of things. I was very in touch with reality. And yet I knew 
that this property was gonna be ours. So as we went through the journey and every part along the way, it's like, yeah, look, there's other churches that wanted this property. There's, there, was, there were other churches that offered more money than what we offered for this property. And yet I just knew. I just, so when I, I remember we were at a camp in Katanning, a church camp, and uh, not Katanning, um, Fairbridge Village. And we were there and uh, I had to duck out from our morning kind of worship time and I get a phone call from the real estate agent and they're like, look, Red, just wanna let you know that um, you guys are our first pick out of all of the expressions of interest. You guys are at the front. And I was like, thanks for letting me know. And it was this weird thing. It was like, it didn't, almost didn't affect me in any way emotionally, positive or negative, because it was like, uh, of course we are. <laughs> of course we are. Because, it, you know, there's that weird thing. It's almost like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, how exciting. It was just like, well, yes, of course we are. And, uh, and, and, then, and at no point during that was I freaked out, worried, concerned. It's just, I just knew, I just had this knowing in me. And that's the gift of faith that God gives sometimes. That's for those significant things. It's like, I don't know how God's gonna figure this out. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I know it's gonna happen and I have faith for that. So I was at peace through that process in knowing what God was going to do. And there's been other times in our, in our ministry journey, it's just like, I don't know how this is gonna happen. I don't know how you're gonna make it happen, Lord, but I know that you're gonna do it and I know it's you and I know it's good so I can rest into that. But we need to be leaning into God and asking of God, inquiring of Him, what are the things that you have in store for us that will require us to have faith for because we won't be able to see it in the natural. If we are living only by what we see, in the natural and not what God, the vision that God can give us. We're living below the poverty line in the kingdom. We're not called to live below the poverty line. We're called to live with a heavenly perspective, with a kingdom perspective, and that is always more than what you have in the natural. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. How many eyes have seen? How many ears have heard and how many hearts have imagined what God has prepared? How many? None. N-O, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And, and so I say all of this process, even with the acquisition of this property, it also wasn't on the radar and on the agenda. So it's not like, again, for 10 years, we were dreaming into this property. It went from no dream about this property to one day God planting that gift of faith in my heart, showing us this is what I'm going to do and then knowing this is what the Lord has for us. And it was beyond what we had assumed. We were right in the process. We were gonna spend $50,000 upgrading the current facility that we're in. We were right about to sign the building contract to do those renovation works. And it went from $50,000, we need $50,000 because we didn't have that either. <laughs> so it went from, yes, yeah, cool, we've got a plan, we've mapped it out, consulting a builder, we're gonna move forward with $50,000 renovation and then it went to $2 million acquisition literally within a, within a week. Um, but I just knew. But it wasn't, it wasn't what we had imagined. It was not what we had seen, not what we had even, we could have put together. This is not the plan that 
I knew 10 years ago of what God had in store for us. It's far greater, which excites me and simultaneously freaks me out (laughs) is if this, I didn't know about this, then what else does God have in store that's far greater than what we could imagine? But we know it's good because He's good. It says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So again, as we are in intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's through that relationship that the things of God are revealed to us. So again, it's not just looking for something that's good and saying, well, that must be God, so therefore I'll put my faith in that. It's listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's searching out the heart and the mind of God and God revealing those things to us and saying, then that's what I'm going to rest my life upon. That's what I'm gonna put my faith in. Not on a good idea, but on a God idea. And God shares those ideas with His children. He reveals those things to us. As His friends, as His children, He actually reveals His plans and purposes. He shares His heart with us. Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who was able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. What's the power at work within us? It's the Holy Spirit. Look at these words, far more abundantly. Not just abundantly more, far more abundantly. That's a bucket load of abundance right there. That's taking abundance and putting it to the extreme. That's what God wants to do. That's what He is able to do in us. So if we are looking at what can I afford What am I able to do in the natural? What can we do as a church in the natural? What can happen in this city in the natural? We are are looking way too low. But the question is, Lord, what are you desiring to do? What are you able to do? And what are you going to do? And how can I come into agreement and live in alignment with that? And this again is the difference between faith and hope. Faith is God's desire or God's plan. Hope is our desire or our plan. And so it's important that our hope is being built upon the faith that God has given us. When our desire or plan doesn't align with God's, we end up in disappointment. Literally that word disappoint essentially means that we arrive in the place that we didn't expect to arrive. That's what disappointment, I thought I was gonna go there and I ended up over there. So sometimes we have faith in what we desire and not what God desires. So then naturally we get an outcome that's disappointing because we don't get the outcome that we were hoping for. But also we need to recognise that it's not the outcome that God ever promised to us. The goal is to align our desire to God's desire and God's plan. So we've got to know His desire, know His plan. That's what faith is. Faith is when God says, this is what I'm going to do. So I don't see it, God. I don't even know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to believe you and trust you. I'm going to build my hope upon that and to say, God, if that's what you've promised, then that's what I'm going to hope for. So to do this, we must seek His desires and His plans for our lives, our church, our city. Otherwise, we set ourselves up for a life of disappointment with God. It's important. Disappointment with God is is a big thing and I'm not 
the sermon's not about that, so I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it. It's, it's real and it's hard to process, okay? I'm not wanting to, to make light of it, but the reality is that we're going to, if we're constantly living in a space of disappointment with God, we, it might be good to ask some questions about what are the outcomes that I'm desiring that aren't actually His desire? What are the things that I'm hoping for that God has never promised to me? Now again, if you're hoping for something that God has promised, you know He's promised to do and you have faith that He'll do it and you're thinking, maybe now's the time He's gonna do it and then it doesn't happen. Maybe now's the time He's gonna do it and that doesn't happen. That's, that's understandable disappointment, okay? But it's also important that we don't view faith as essentially whatever the out, I want the outcome to be, I'll just have faith and then it'll happen. That's wishful thinking. That's not faith. It's like if I made a plan with you to meet up at a particular place and a particular time and I gave you a map as to how to get there and then you chose to use your own map to arrive at your own time and in the place that you chose, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for you to be upset with me for not meeting you in that place. But I think sometimes we can do this with God. Even if he says, this is where I'm gonna take you and then we assume that we know how to get there and what it's gonna look like and when we're gonna arrive and all of those things. The promises of God take time. I think even the more significant the prophetic words sometimes, the more you need to be prepared that it's gonna take some time to, to arrive there. For me, that's kind of the whole point of prophetic words. If you knew it was going to happen or you could see it already happening or it, already, or it had already happened, then you don't need a prophetic word. You don't need the voice of God to tell you something that's going to happen. But sometimes it's like God tells you through a prophetic word, might be just in a quiet time with God yourself through somebody else and, and God declares a promise over you. The reason that He does that and, and, and speaks it to you is so you've got something to hold on to when it's not being fulfilled, when it's not going in the direction that you assumed it would when you're not seeing the outcomes, the breakthrough, the provision that you know God has promised, you hold on to that and it helps to anchor you to that faith. But if we just knew, oh yeah, that's gonna happen, that's gonna happen, that's gonna happen, and we saw it coming about, we don't need to lean into the prophetic word because it's already happened or we can already see or we can already figure out how it's gonna happen. But that's oftentimes. There's significant prophetic words that God has spoken over this church that He has, some, he has fulfilled and some he is in the process of fulfilling. The Transformation Centre, that was a prophetic word. Again, and we're starting to see the provision come for that. It's exciting, but there's still more to come. And there's a greater measure that God is wanting to do. And this is the reality of God. God is so gracious that even as we choose our own path, and get disappointed and do all of those things. God continues to pursue us when we go astray. So even though I'm just gonna, oh yes, I, I know your promise. I'm just gonna kind of walk over this way. Maybe there's a shortcut to get to where you want me to go, Lord. And again, God doesn't get angry. He doesn't strike us down. You know, hide and seek can be fun as a child, but not when you're trying to live a life of significance with and for God. Hide and seek is a great child's game, but if you're playing hide and seek with God, just running off and doing your own thing and hiding and, and disconnecting and disappearing and then God's having to hunt you down and chase you down or 
a, a friend is having to hunt you down or chase you down, like you're just kind of doing your own thing. It's kind of not that fun in the kingdom. It's a, it's a childish way to live. God's calling you to be an adult in His kingdom, which means I say, Lord, where, where are you? What are you doing? And let me do those things. Where are you going? Let me go where you're going, Jesus. Amen, I know. As I said before, faith is not wishful thinking. That's hope without faith. I just really want that to happen. I know God doesn't promise it and maybe he's not gonna do it, but I'm hoping, just hoping. That's, that's wishful thinking. Faith is a knowing. Faith is that even when I can't see it, even though it doesn't make sense to my mind, even if it's hard to believe in my heart, it's like I know in my gut that God is gonna do it. I've read some things about faith almost being like, it's like this a gut knowing. You just know in your gut. You know in your gut that God is gonna do this. And as I said before, there is, there's that daily faith of just leaning into His promises. There's sometimes where God gives a gift of faith. It speaks of that in 1 Corinthians 12, seven to nine, where it's talking about these gifts, these graces of the Spirit. And faith is one of those things. So there might be times in your life where you just know that you know that you know that God's gonna do something. Okay, and He gives you that gift of faith. But as I said before, faith isn't just about desiring the best outcome. It's seeking to know God's outcome and then agreeing with God's plan for that situation. It's an internal knowing that God has said will come to pass. You know, if God tells you to quit your job, to sell all your possessions and to move to another country, if God tells you that and He puts a seed of faith in your heart and He tells you to do something, then you can trust God is going to provide for me as I do this because He has told me to do it He's gonna provide. If you think that selling, quitting your job, selling all your possessions and moving to another kid, that sounds like a God idea. That sounds like something God would do. I've, I know someone who did it and they followed God and it worked out well for them. But that kind of sounds like something that like a really committed Christian would do. If it's your idea, even though it's a good idea, it might not be God's idea. And that might lead to an extreme amount of disappointment when God doesn't show up at the other end and fulfill the, the, this idea that you had and things don't kind of work out. So again, if, if you're talking about taking a big faith risk, my encouragement is seek His will, confirm His will, seek godly counsel and wisdom from others before making those big significant faith steps, okay? Please, can I encourage you to do that? Just because someone else, a Christian that you know, quits their job and sells all their stuff and moves to another country, doesn't mean that God wants you to do it. And you might do it and you'll end up poor. That's not God's desire. You know, John Wimber says, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I know it's, a, it's just a, a play on things. I, I don't agree I know it's spelt differently, <laughs> F-A-I-T-H. No, but I think, I think faith is spelt K-N-O-W. I think when we have faith, what might look like a risk to somebody else feels like zero risk to me. 
Because the, the problem is if we take that premise and we say faith looks like risk, well, therefore, if I do something that's risky and it requires faith, therefore, it must be God. And that's, not the, that's just not the truth. You can do crazy, risky things. Doesn't mean that God's telling you to do them. You can do radical things, costly things. Doesn't mean God's telling you to do them. Faith doesn't feel like risk to the person who has faith. Faith feels like, no, this is the surest I've ever been about anything. So there's zero risk because God has said, and I know He's going to do it. Now, there might be times like, I feel like God's leading me in this, and I'm, but I'm, I don't know, I don't have faith. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna still keep walking with the Lord in this, but I'm gonna take my time. I'm not gonna leap in. God might, you might get a prophetic word. Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna minister to nations. I've had prophetic words like that. Doesn't mean I'm saying, hey, cool, sorry, I'm, we're gonna, we've got a nice new house, but pack it all up. We're moving to nations somewhere. You know, because hey, there's, there's a time and a place for that. It might be in 20 years time that that's gonna happen. So I'll say, okay, so well, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep my heart open to that, Lord. And when you say the time to go, that's when I'll go. Hope says, I want God to heal. Belief says, I know God can heal. Faith says, I know God will heal. Hope says, I want God to provide. Belief says, I know God can provide. And faith says, I know God will provide. Hope says, I want God to do it. Belief says, I know God can do it. And faith says, I know God will do it. So if you wanna know the difference between hope, faith, hope, faith and belief, they're all good things and it's important that they're all working together but there's a surety that comes. I've prayed for lots of people for healing and there's times where it's like, I know God's gonna do it. And there's other times that I'm believing that God's gonna do it. And sometimes I'm just hoping that God's gonna do it. <laughs> sometimes that's all you got. It's like, I got a mustard seed of faith, Lord. It's maybe, it's, uh, it's probably actually half a mustard seed right now. And I know that's all it takes, Lord. But right now I'm hoping that you're gonna show up in this situation. And it is really important that we are engaging our hearts in the faith journey. And it is a faith journey, not a feeling journey. We are to believe, we are to have faith. We're not to go be led by our feelings, but we're also not to diminish our feelings and, and dismiss our feelings. Feelings can derail faith only if they're giving a, given a greater focus and value. You know, it's in the heart that one believes. So our heart is important to come into alignment with that. Faith and belief are linked, so don't ignore your heart. Faith is not a head decision or a heart decision, it's a gut decision. That's the difference. Faith starts in the gut, I believe. It's like, a, it's like you just know in your gut, I just know that I know that I know. But it needs to find belief in the heart and agreement in the head. That's the best kind of frame, because like, I just know and I have the gift of faith that God's gonna do it, and I believe that He will do it, and I have understanding, I have agreement, there's agreement even in my mind that He will do it, so that's where I'm gonna set my hope. I'm gonna hope in the Lord because He has given that promise. Amen.
So there can be times where we, we have faith, God has made a promise, and we're not seeing the outcome fulfilled. And that can, again, lead to disappointment even on the journey. It can lead to discouragement. Um, but some, some tips for when you find yourself in that situation where once again, what you thought you were hoping into this promise of God that is given you faith for, it's not coming about. It's important then that we go and we ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what is the greater reality in this situation? What's the heavenly reality? What's God's perspective in this situation? Because if I look with my natural eyes, it's only going to discourage me. But if I get your perspective, Lord, it's going to encourage me. Rather than courage being taken away from me, it's gonna put courage into me. What's the greater perspective about this person? What's the greater outcome that is possible from you? What is the greater desire of your heart, God? And partner with God in sharing His perspective about a situation. That's the important part that we partner with Him. We have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit who knows all the thoughts of God, but we must inquire of Him. Don't just go, what do I want in this situation? What do you want in this situation, Holy Spirit? And inquire of Him. What's your outcome? What's your desire here? What's your plan here? Because I wanna come into agreement with that. And that might not actually be what my heart desires. I might have to grieve what I wanted here in order to come into alignment with what you have for me. We were created to be a people of faith, a people of great expectation, a people that seek to know His will and seek to see His will done on earth. If we we live by sight and not by faith, we'll be limited to dream and pray only into what is possible for us and pleasing to us. God has a greater plan for your life God has a greater plan for your family, for this church and for this city than anything that you on your own, that we on our own could come up with. And we have a responsibility to seek Him, to seek His plan, to seek His desires and then come into agreement to have that built as a faith foundation in our lives and then start to dream and pray and hope and prophesy into those outcomes. But if we don't seek the Lord, we can't know what He has. We'll just assume, oh, I'll just think good things. No, like He wants to tell you. He wants to reveal the secrets of His heart to you. He wants to reveal His plans and purposes to you. That's His desire is that you would partner with Him. Not that you would be blind and one day it will just happen. You'll look back and go, oh, that must have been God. But when you have faith, you see Him working all through the journey and it's a much more fun way to walk and live with the Lord. Amen? All right, can I pray for you? Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you, Lord, that you have great and mighty and wonderful things planned for your children, Lord. 
that your plan is to prosper us, that you are working out all things for our good because we love you, Lord. We are your children. You care for your children. But Father, it's hard to care for a child that doesn't want to receive that care. So Lord, we want to be children that desire your nurture, that desire your provision, Lord, and that come to you with our need. And so Father, for maybe for any of us here who if we looked at our lives and how much we come to You with our need, Lord, that we'd probably recognise that we are much more self-sufficient than God-sufficient. That we spend most of our time meeting our own needs and not coming to You to have our needs met. And so Father, we repent, Lord, for putting our faith in ourselves, for putting all of our reliance upon ourselves, for trusting ourselves, or even trusting a person, Lord, putting our faith that people will be our provision, that people will provide the answer to our problems, Lord. When You are the one that we should be seeking for those things. You're the only one, Lord, who would have the rightful place of being our provider, our protector. So Father, we repent of all the ways, Lord, that we would live lives independent of You, Lord. Father, I pray for those who have been hoping and trusting in Your promises, Lord, but up until this point, Lord, that hope is being deferred. And as the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And Lord, we can have hope in Your promises, Lord, and yet they're not being fulfilled and we're living every day in the lack of not seeing that promise fulfilled, Lord. And even though, Father, we're holding on to the promises with faith, Lord, with surety that You're gonna do this, Lord, and yet we live in the lack. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, You would come now with Your comfort, with Your peace, with Your healing balm, Lord, and just minister, Lord, to that fruit of hope deferred, which is a, a sense of sickness, Lord, an unwellness in the heart. But we thank You, Lord, that You care, that You are close, and then you can minister and pour out your grace in the waiting, Lord. Father, maybe it's a promise for, for a child, a promise of salvation for a loved one, a promise of a, of a spouse, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, we don't wanna hide our hearts from You, but we bring our hearts, Lord, we bring our hurts, we bring the pain, we bring the disappointment, Lord. This is not where I expected to be at this time. And it feels like I haven't arrived at the appointed place that You have for me, Lord. 
And I just invite you, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister into those places, Lord. And Father, would you speak your promises, Lord? Would you speak your promises to us, Lord? We don't wanna live with wishful thinking, Lord. We wanna live by faith, God. And that faith that comes from hearing your Word, Lord, hearing what you are speaking. Would you speak to us, Holy Spirit, and would you give us ears to hear? I pray even right now you would come, Holy Spirit, and open up people's ears to hear your voice. Come, Holy Spirit, open up people's spiritual ears to hear your voice. Even as you said, Jesus, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, we just declare, Lord, would ears be open now in Jesus' Name? Would ears be open, spiritual ears be open in Jesus' Name? The ability to hear your voice, God. These are your sheep. Even those watching online, Father, they are your sheep. And you say, Jesus, your sheep hear your voice, Lord. So would you unblock the ear canals, Lord? Would you unblock the cavities now in Jesus' Name? Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Would You lift off that spiritual deafness? We rebuke spiritual deafness in Jesus' Name. We declare clarity of healing, Lord. Clarity of healing, Lord. Every frequency coming through in the full measure that Your voice would declare and would speak out, Jesus. And as You begin to speak to us, Lord, that we would know I've got to put my faith in this, that my life might need to change direction to come into alignment with what You have promised, Lord. And Father, would You, would you call Your people, I feel like You're calling Your people to dream again, to dream bigger, to dream wilder, Thank You, Lord. Stir up the dream in our heart, Lord. The expectation of a greater measure, Lord. A greater measure of the outpouring of Your Spirit, Lord. In this city, in this nation, Lord. Father, even as we're seeing what's happening around the nation, Lord, and we know that You are calling us to intercede for, for various different things, Lord. But Father, that we would not just be looking at what is happening, God, but we'd be looking at what You are doing, which is a greater measure, Lord, a higher authority, Jesus. And we would sit in that situation, Lord. We would be positioned with You, God, even as we are seated with You in those heavenly places, Lord. And we would start to declare and decree the Word of God, the promises of God over every situation, Lord. Give us eyes to see what You are seeing, Lord. Give us that heavenly perspective, Father. Let us know the authority that we have to declare and to speak out Your truth, Lord. We thank You, Father, for the angels who have been assigned these tasks, Lord, would be released, God, because they would hear Your voice being decreed across this nation, Lord. Thank You, Father. Even in the Psalm that we read before we began today, Lord, that speaks of Your righteousness, God. Your righteousness being declared, being decreed and coming and impacting every sphere of society, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. And Father, where there are situations, maybe for some of us, Lord, we're actually living in denial. That we don't wanna look at what is our reality. We're also not willing to look at what You might have in store, Lord, and we're stuck in the middle. Father, would You break off that denial, Lord? Would You let us see 
what is the reality in the natural, Lord, but then would You also open our eyes to see the greater reality of what You have in store, Lord. And Father, even though it's scary and even though it might feel risky to believe and to hope again, Lord, would You give us the courage to take that step, Lord? Thank You, Jesus. And we pray, Father, that You would release the gift of faith over this community, Lord, that we would receive that gift of faith, Lord, a higher vision, a greater expectation, Lord, even as we go into our workplaces tomorrow, Lord, that we'd be carrying that gift of faith to say, I'm expecting God to do increasingly and abundantly more than anything that I could hope or dream or imagine, Lord. I thank You, Father, for teachers, Lord, going into schools tomorrow, Father, that'd be carrying that expectation that young people are gonna commit their lives to Jesus tomorrow, Lord. That salvation is going to come, Father. That families are gonna be transformed, Lord. That workmates are gonna take an interest in wanting to follow Jesus, Lord. That our neighbours, God, are gonna reach out and we're going to minister into their lives, Father. That more people will be delivered, more hearts will be transformed and more lives will be committed to Jesus, Lord. Father, awaken our prayer life, God. That our prayer life would match our faith, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. We wanna see the greater measure, Jesus. We wanna see the greater measure, Jesus. Would You stir up our hearts with faith? Thank You, Jesus. We pray in Your mighty Name. Thank You, Lord.